Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What did we tell you? What did we tell you? As soon as Sunderland shows signs that things are about to get a little bit better... They go and put in a performance like that. This is the Wiseman Say podcast in association with Love Supreme. James Hunter is in the studio with Gareth and myself. And like Gareth, he was at the game on Saturday, so he'll be able to shed more light on the abject performance than myself and our other guest, Alan Clark. Alan Clark. <laughs> Sniffer. Alan. Sniffer. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Craig <laughs> Clark, of course, as you know him, but Gareth, come on, get it in nice and early. Yeah, apparently, Dick Avocat doesn't like Alan Clark. <laughs> And apparently we were told, I am Alan Clark. And you are so. Alan Clark, we were told at the weekend. Uh, a source close to the club um, <laughs> <clears throat> told me that um, he was, Dick was uh, demanding the sacking of uh, Craig <laughs> for a piece that he did in the Chronicle. I think it was Chronicle, probably, eh? Sorry, the... Uh, <laughs> Steady yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't write in that rag. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, apparently... Um, yeah, Dick took exception to uh, Craig's column. Uh, column. Again? column. Again? I'm going to say column. Um, I'm going to get sacked by the echo. Chris Young's going to be on the phone going, you're out. Um, well, but if it. I'm interested in the Chronicle, James, is there anything going? Um, but, uh, yeah, basically, I think Dick was probably being... Uh, See how we said it. Though. Tell out. us the story, like you you told no, us. No, I'm not going to tell you the full story. It come in, demanded to know Alan Clark. Alan, Alan Clark was. Well, it was Alan Craig, Clark doesn't exist. It was Craig who he meant, and then he said he should be sucked. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. came back later and asked when it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. he did. Yeah, apparently and later on, apparently he, he, um, he's a bit of a callback on his gag. Very dry sense of humour, mm. obviously. It's a bit like Stuart Lee thing, probably football. See, we, we knew this negativity was going to come back to haunt you, Craig. It's coming. It's coming back to haunt you from the top down. Yeah, well, I'd be worried. Who's really oh. positive about what's going on at some Wait until at he listens to this and gets uh, back into it. You wish, you no. wish, Stephen. Yeah. He hasn't got time. He's I don't wish, busy. actually. Why would I wish? Too busy cracking wise, I, I think. Too busy um, sharpening his uh, <laughs> blade <laughs> to come and find you. I, I did wouldn't pass wish, on your I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want him. Or I need a place to listen to this because then if I confront us, I might buck down to <laughs> and go on to Michelle, which well, wouldn't be a good thing. I know, I didn't mean it like that. I've been confronted, James, by I've been confronted many a time. There you go. It's obviously a regular Come on, well, we don't, we're not in a hurry to talk yeah. about Bournemouth, so if you want to give us an example, that would be yeah, great. Good have you got any? More so in the old days. Right, OK. Are you, um, are you saving it for the... I've, I've seen one of my journalistic colleagues lifted bodily from the floor by a player um, for, for giving him six out of ten. It wouldn't have been a Sunderland player, would it? It, it was. was. Well, it was. scores too high, <laughs> six out of ten. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> you probably couldn't get near him for trying to try <laughs> pick him up. Which Sunderland player was it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know what I could possibly mention his name. Yeah. But if you think about big Brazilian defenders, oh, oh, right. Right. oh, oh it's all right. Uh, it's all right. Yeah, we've had stories about well, that. Yeah, we have, yeah. I'm sure Chris gave um, Chris gave Kabul a three in the PMS. So he's a big lad, Kabul. Yeah, but again, as I, I will reiterate the point, he's got to get near him, doesn't he? <laughs> True. But do you want to start with Kabul? Because I personally, I on a personal level, I, I feel I sympathise with Kabul a little bit. I'm not defending his performance, but I thought. 
the way he he went to try and win that ball um, from Callum Wilson when the ball wasn't there to be won, I thought was a result of his sort of newly found confidence in a way. I can't remember what he did before that, but he he either won like an imposing header or he won a great tackle. And I remember turning around to my friend where you're watching it on the telly. And I just commented again, I reiterated how well he was playing at the moment. And then, obviously, his head's gone totally after that. But you know, <laughs> Played well for three minutes. Well, I know, but, <laughs> but you, know where, minutes. you know where I'm coming from? It's almost a way, as a defender, you get told. I remember being told from a very young age, you can't win every ball. And you need to know which ones you can't go and get. And sometimes you get a bit carried away with your own confidence and you go and do it. And I think give credit. I think Wilson needs more credit than he's he's got, he's um, been given for the for rolling them the way he did as well. Because it was all old-fashioned centre-forward play almost. It was, but it was a basic mistake from, was, from yeah. Kabul. You don't you don't step in like that ever. You know, you you stay touch tight, goal side, and and he could never have rolled rolled him like that. So I think that was a a basic error. In, in fact, and I think that's what wound him up for the rest of the game, which is why he ended up getting sent off. You know, for two uh, two fouls on Wilson <coughs> later in the game. I think uh, I think that that mistake haunted him really through the rest of the, the afternoon. Do other Premier League defenders defend like this? It doesn't seem like it, does it? I think there's a there's a bit of a problem, isn't there? Like to like with with the defence in general. What? Sorry, I'm trying to. Um, so you want me to reposition the microphone now? Turn it around a bit because he's he's too much on the side. Great listening. This is fantastic. We're not going back ahead of it out no, either because we're we're under time we restrictions. Don't do, yeah, that's why we didn't do a sound check. Time restrictions. Yeah, Craig asked for a coffee as we're about to start recording. Yeah. Just well, <laughs> you can tell. Listen to us, knackered. <laughs> the man that he wanted a rider. He didn't want any brown M and M's. We're trying to do anything and get off the subject of a Bournemouth game, aren't we? Well, I Kabul, right? You say about confidence. I mean. He's 29 year old. He's played for one of the sort of when he was at Spurs, they were sniffing around the top four. Come on, like mentally, you would expect him to be better than getting carried away at his age with his experience and putting challenges like that in. Absolutely. But there's also a definite issue. Uh, there was a moment where Van Arnholt was once again left two on one. I talk about this every time I'm on here in pretty much every article that I write. Um, and Not anymore. Well, that's <laughs> over. So. <laughs> I have to say it more with me words. And uh, he's standing there sort of like someone runs round him, like, I don't know, like a one-two, and he's, like, putting his arms up, like, as he's chasing back, like, where's the help? And there just needs to be a fundamental change in the setup of the team because it's, the defence are too exposed, and I think that's leading to individual errors. Um, and I, I don't think you can play that midfield away from home. Well, do you think there's an argument... Well, I said, I said to you, I know, when you came in, Craig, and I said off there, that you get almost paranoid as a fan, thinking, well, these players are not putting the effort in. You know, some people take it too far, don't they? Like, oh, well, I used to work down the bloody mines and all that, you know, where some of the older fans go on. But I think it's interesting to hear what Advocat said after the game. Uh, listen, I have no secrets. After the game, I said to them, listen, I will uh, start thinking about myself. What do I wrong? What are we doing during the week? Uh... But I think you have to think about yourself as well, uh, because what we, the way we started, you cannot do that on this league. Even against a team, with all respect, they don't have more quality than we have, but they have the spirit and they know what to do. And we knew also what they have to do, but we, the sharpness was put the other side better than ours. OK, Jim, so Dick Advocate saying there in... You know, reading between the lines, he thinks if Sunderland players go out and every one of them gives 100%, puts 100% application in, we don't lose that game to Bournemouth. That's what seems to be the repeated pattern here with respect to sides like Norwich. 
and Bournemouth. I don't think there's any uh, any doubt that Sunderland have, have got better players man for man than Bournemouth, Norwich. You know, the, these a long these list. teams long that list. these teams that they've um, that they've capitulated, capitulated against. against so so far. The, the problem is getting the balance mm. right. I mean, there's a number of factors. Um, obviously, Sunderland's new signings arrived relatively late in the day. Um, they're still playing catch up for for that. Um, that meant that. Is messing around, trying to find the right eleven, trying to find the right tactics, trying to, you know, um, basically do it on on the hoof. And all the time while the uh, while the season's going on, you don't really have much, um, you know, margin margin for error. And Sunderland are, f- are finding that out. I mean, for for eighty minutes, they played pretty well against Bournemouth, but the problem was the game was already lost. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or maybe that's a little bit too 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 harsh. Had Defoe taking his chances before half time, and had lenses. Um, goal not been incorrectly disallowed, you could be level after 55 minutes. And then it would have been interesting to see how Bournemouth had had responded, having lost a 2-0 lead at home. But it never happened, so it's if buts and maybe. Even if that um, Lentz goal had counted, I think that would have been a test. They'd have been on the ropes a bit, Yeah, I think because Sunderland were playing really well at that point. um, I mean, that that decision is an absolutely shocking decision, really. But you can't start playing when you're no, only 2-0 down. That's the problem, right. isn't it? That's the essential thing. I mean, we were, we saying, were talking yeah. about on the way it's over. Not, it's not from the start of the game. They've suddenly played yeah. three games, uh, Swansea, Villa, Tottenham, where they've played OK, and it's as if they, they turn up a Bournemouth and think, well, you know, we should win this one without putting us in the level. I don't know. I think... I think you were there, after, so... After three, I think after three minutes, you know, they, they go goal down, and then it's that fra- fragile confidence again, and then... I know there was some question marks. People were saying maybe they could have closed Richie down a bit quicker, but I think that's no. that's a little harsh. It's been hypercritical, that isn't it? I think I think you know that, that's a real like oh, that's an unbelievable goal. I, I mean, that's what a strike. You just got to hand it. Away. I know you just got. I mean, you just got to hold your hands up and say, I mean, that's a ridiculous goal. And that's when you're playing badly. The last thing you need is like somebody to you know do that and then have a goal disallowed for offside. As well in in the game, it just sometimes. I'm saying it's fine. It, 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 fine all, it all goes against you sometimes, but hopefully. Well, it doesn't know because like the week before against Spurs, if they'd got that penalty correctly in the first few minutes, we could have been battered yeah. four five nil in that yeah. game. So you you know we we can't I mean, keep talking a about this. in that game as well. So. Yeah, but you go with the well. That's yeah. it. We're picking out decisions. Yeah. There's there's much more wrong than just oh, no, refereeing. No, no, that, uh, you know? definitely definitely is. But you can't. <clears throat> I think in the. In that game, in in that game with that that goal, I know what you're saying about the penalty against Spurs, but you know there's nothing, there's le- legitimately no like subjective. No, um, it was a goal. It and was it a goal. Stood. And, stood. and it was actually a really good header. Yeah, it was. I mean, he, a lovely ball in <coughs> as yeah, well. Yeah, but, um, but I mean, good quick corner as well. A quick yeah. thinking from Barini, who was probably I would say aside from Mvia, our best player. I think uh, across the, the game. I mean, he's still chugging away there. Not not quite as yeah. fit as he'd like to be, but in terms of. You know, desire and effort, and wanting to do the right things in the game. You you, you can't really question that. And I thought he was a bit unfortunate at times. Down that right hand side, he seemed to get battered a few times, and the referee was it was Kevin Friend, surprisingly enough, <laughs> um, just didn't seem interested in uh, giving any free kicks or anything like that to Barini down that right hand side. Um, but you know, like the, we pl- were played for thirty percent of the game, and, and and the rest of it, the seventy other seventy percent was just. You know, not really either not playing well enough in the first half, and then the second half, it's 
you know, you're playing catch up at the end and they got a bit exposed and Bournemouth obviously could have got that uh, that goal at the end where they hit the bar but You've got to go for it when you're two 0 yeah. two nil down and then you get you're down to ten men as well. I mean yeah. you're gonna get opened up, aren't you? Yeah, they got you know. I mean you seem to yeah. uh, give Jan and Via pardon there. I was gonna ask you two about it because obviously I just watched the game on the telly, yeah. so I've asked Gareth and James, I just want to know what the shape of the side was like, particularly midfield and, and what went wrong. Just running after the ball. Well, they gone past them. That was the shape. That's it. Panic. That, that's what the shape is technically called. I think I was really frustrated because we were on, I mean, talking about it with Nick Barnes before the game about how this was a real opportunity with our three in midfield to take. They, they're playing, that's a championship team that we were playing in, in essence, and they're playing 4 4 2, and they get done like they did in midfield is just unacceptable. Well, like, it's embarrassing, with, that is. Problem with two of the players straight away, Toivonen. He isn't a midfielder in the sense that if you're talking about a three-man midfield, he's a forward. And Gomez is well, you know, he's Gomez, isn't he? he I wanted to ask about Gomez. Well, he did, he's, he's just, you know, he did all. He, he just the game passes him by sometimes, and maybe can't they, afford away, that away yeah, from home. They could have done with some physicality in there. And I, think, I thought he would have put Rodwell like, yeah, kind of well in for this game. Yeah, so that, but. I disagree. I like I like Gomez. I realise I'm in the minority, and I'm willing to accept that. But I like Gomez. I accept that he's he's. One paced and that pace is slow, but um, <laughs> but but he's good on the ball and and he looks after the ball. You don't he doesn't give the ball away very often. Um, he's not to everybody's taste. Good I enough off that. the ball, guess, though, James. Guess, away from home. Is that, would that be the question? He's, fair question? he's good enough in he's good enough in that role in a four-two-three-one um, because he doesn't have to move very far. He's there to protect the back four. But do, do the you need? Four. But do you need? Gomez doing that if MV is doing that anyway, which he does really. So do you need two players doing the same thing? Four two three one. It worked really well against Spurs. People were happy, no, so there's no surprise why he didn't no, why he didn't yeah. change it against Bournemouth. Yeah, but then I, I agree. Like I'm not surprised he didn't change it. I just feel like we haven't got enough defensive physicality at all. And so you've got Villa and the two centre backs, full backs, getting their left exposed a lot, charging up the pitch. You're not really given much else defensively maybe Barini because he, he does track but you're not going to get much out of Lens. you're going to get nothing out of Defoe going backwards Toivonen doesn't look interested defensively and Gomez you, like, I, I, I don't dislike him I just don't know that he's the right man in really? that game yeah like I, I just felt like that's a team that can be peeled open especially with a bit of pace in the in an opposing side I think what, what, it, what, it, what it showed was uh how much they miss John O'Shea. I mean, yeah. John O'Shea makes his own fair share of, of mistakes and can be blamed for certain things and certainly has been last season. Um, and a lot of people were, were quite happy on the opening day to see Quartes and Kabul in there rather than John O'Shea. But Not when me. you when Not you look either. when you now look at, at, at the, the stats, I mean O'Shea and sorry, Quartes and Kabul have started three games together and some of them conceded nine goals. Um and and those and those outings and you know O'Shea and Quartes have looked better and O'Shea and Kabul have looked even better again but but Kabul and Quartes you, doesn't work as a you partnership. look at where the look at, you look at where the goals come from as well and <clears throat> I mean the first one comes from a clearance a terrible clearance from Pantillamon that goes out for a throw in and then they concede from that um, you know I mean. If you want to keep the ball, that's fine, and you're giving it back to Pantillamon, but his distribution's just not good enough. Like he's, I really like Pantillamon mm. as a goalkeeper, but I mean, they're going to have to play out from the back because he 
he can't kick it. Like he can't kick it long. Consi- like he doesn't, I don't he doesn't think kick he's it. as good as people think. He doesn't he kick it. Uh, he doesn't kick we it had well. This debate you know. the last game, and I think as far as somebody commanding the box and as a presence, he's the best keeper I think I've seen here. Where you feel so comfortable the yeah. ball going the box, and that's a big part of goalkeeping. And then what we said is he doesn't get down on some low shots and his distribution isn't great. But then if he did all those things, yeah, it's the same argument again. Yeah. He wouldn't be playing for Sunderland, would he? No, you've got to take some things I, over I, others, don't I, you? I just don't think he's. So would you I, have Manoni play? No, no, I think he's better than him, but I, I don't think he's. I just think we've had other goalkeepers who are, have been better than people think. Pantelimon is. I, I just don't think he's quite as good as people think he is. That's all. Oh, I don't think he's bad. I just don't think. He's I think he's. he's really I mean, the best goalkeeper um, from a footballing point of view in the Premier League. Doesn't even get a look in, and that's Victor Valdez at Manchester United. Is he not gone? But oh, no, I don't think. Oh, he did they keep him no, in the end? He's, he's stuck there in the end. But but he's but he's the best footballing goalkeeper because at Barcelona he played yeah. on the edge of the D. Yeah, uh, basically as a sweeper. He's not the best shot stopper. Get him in. De Gea can do it as well, I suppose, up to an extent. Anyway. But does, I mean, really, not a big I fan of De Gea. He makes too many mistakes. Oh, I, I, really I love like the way this keeps diverting like away from the ball just like of different game. Yeah. We're doing anything yeah. that changes the topic of conversation. Really, you know, if, you can't, if you can't kick a ball 60 yards when you're a goalkeeper in the Premier League consistently, that is a problem. That, that's a problem. And that, that is something that happens. Like, and it isn't just like it's like right. horrible. It's like horrible yeah. clearances that like, like they drop go, like drop twenty yards in, out, in, like dropping the D in in in, yeah. in our half, and it's not pressure relieving because no. In the bit when you get like the bits and pieces, you, and if you don't pick up the second ball, you're under pressure again. They're better off trying to play out from the back. Um, I think so. They've got to find a way to do that maybe, um, and and try and and try and do that. Um, when you got Mvia in the team, I don't really see that as a problem because I think you know he's somebody you you can probably. Comfortably pass the ball out too from the back, and he'll he'll not make mistakes like we saw um, hmm. maybe Catamol make when he played when we played out from the back a lot under Poyet. So I think that's something they need to look at because if you're giving the ball away immediately, if you, as you've got it back from the goalkeeper, then and that's how they conceded the first um, goal. I mean, so. I mean, you're right about about uh, where the goal came from from Pantelimon, but I still think that from a throw in midway inside your own half, you cannot concede a goal no. where within <clears> about. Three, maybe four touches. No. After that throwing, you you know you the ball's in the back of your net. You can't you can't do that. There, there was an, there was enough time to retrieve that situation. I know it stemmed from Pantelimon's clearance. Yeah, yeah. But it's they still should have conceded. Oh yeah, you, you can't yeah. ever pin blame on one person. Mm. Obviously, Kabul's the most obviously culpable because his challenge is pathetic. But it comes from a yeah. you it's know multiple, movement. Multiple, things happen. Multiple crapness. Yeah, it's like a collective. It's like I I don't think either of the fullbacks have. Covered themselves in no. glory, but it's not their fault that that as bad as they've yeah. been. I don't think. I I'd think they've, like, Barini's come in and held out. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, because he's, he's going to track. But Bill, let's say Billy Jones had an absolute stinker at the weekend. I'd, I'd re- well, I was going to say I'd I give think Yedlin Van, will be rubbing yeah. his hands now. Thinking, well, we, so we are going to talk in. about that. In, in, in but I would, I'd certainly bit. give Van Arnholt more room yeah. than Jones because Jones yeah. has put in less impressive performances yeah. in than like at least Van Arnholt. You've seen him do it. Like I said before, yeah. I think like the thing is with with Van Arnold is does obviously terrible things at mm. times, whereas Jones is like just like quietly rubbish. We it's asked like, again. <laughs> we, like, we asked after I mean? the Spurs game if that was his limit because we were saying he, he had a decent game. Yeah, he was alright. But Solid six we, out of we, ten, we asked it? we asked um, last last Monday on the show whether there was a concern that that was his limit and it possibly appears so with respect to him. 
Maybe. I mean, we we know that. Do West um, Brom let him go if he's? We know that DeAndre Yedlin is going to play tomorrow night against uh, Man City, um, but Dick Avocat's already made it uh, clear that Billy Jones will play on Saturday, so he still considers him ahead of Yedlin. Yeah, until he scores a hat trick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, have some of that. I want to be. I mean, it scoring a hat trick and then concede nine all from yeah, that well, side be, of the pitch. Before <laughs> we scoring a hat trick counts for nothing. Yeah, well, before we we get on to all that because we we're gonna talk about the Man City game, so it saves us from talking about this for forty minutes. So I just want to ask um, before we we move on from Saturday's game. I think I need to ask about Jermaine Defoe. We've had many debates about him on the show. Two good chances of Bournemouth. I'll make a three in a row now in two games. Important goals too. Uh, important chances too, where well, the goals would have changed the games. One of them was offside, wasn't it? What was it? That yeah, the header was offside. Was okay? But two. it was still a chance yeah. he should be putting away. Yeah, okay. But just to still, start, just for. Still, I mean, that's, a, that's a Callum Wilson had one chance first <clears throat> half. That, that's a, that's the thing it. that annoys us about the four times is his, you know, this insistence, his, his attitude through games sometimes. Isn't, I don't really like his. Like his body language and stuff, and then when he gets the chance, if you're gonna like sort of ber- start berating people every time they don't play a clean through on goal, when you get clean through on goal, you've got to score and say, "Listen, that's what happens if you put us in." But when he misses, he's he's not. It doesn't exactly, you know. <laughs> the, the, if you put the ball through, well, well, there you go. You've had it. You've had your chance, and you haven't taken it, and it's a problem. I think the high, like I think Shearer actually highlighted in the match of the day. They are the chances you got to take. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. I mean, in the in the echo piece did before the game, was talking about how you know we've seen this so many times before going to newly promoted teams. Now record against newly promoted teams over the years is over the last few years is diabolical, and you know this is a chance for advocate there to to um, you know really lay market down. Say these are the players I've brought in after the Spurs game, take it on, and we've just again had another one of those performances where you're just like well. Like typical, just it's exactly what you expect, and it's frustrating. I want to, you know, the players have got they should be just wrestling control of the game and just taking, taking the, taking at the opposition. It, it, when it's someone like Bournemouth, and there's no, and they've got a left winger who's their third, a left winger playing at left back who's third choice left back, and like would you know? I mean that that's the prime area that you've got to capitalise on, and it's him who's up the other end, getting past Jones and. Causing him problems and it's it's just embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing, like to to lose. Like no no, I'm going to say the cliche. Having said that, no disrespect to Bournemouth. Having <laughs> said that, to you know, having you know Dan Gosling in centre midfield, he was a Blackpool 
and for them to win that battle in there is just I mean I, I don't how I don't know how that can be acceptable. I don't know how that's okay. It's not okay, is it? I mean it's just it's just terrible. How can you how can you lose there's, a game? There's something there's something just, de depressing about being shown how to be clinical and at, the, at, yeah. at the top level yeah. by a side who's just been, won their yeah. first ever game at the top level, isn't there? But well, there's something very familiar about it, yeah. isn't there? Also, it is. It's embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing. Because I mean, we go back to what I mentioned about Defoe. There, and I don't want to. We've been accused of being harsh. Well, Gareth has in particular of Jimmy and Defoe previously, but I guess. At this level, James, and all that's a cliche as well, at this level you need to do better and all that. <clears throat> but, I mean, Callum Wilson showed there he's had one chance, scored it in the first half. If we go back to when we first signed Stephen Fletcher, where would we have been that season without that little spurt of goals? Mm -hmm. We probably went down, because it, it was a season under O'Neill, wasn't it? I think he had now, about six shots on target. And he scored he? them all, didn't yeah. he? So that just shows how important that is, because we stayed up by, what, two points or something that season? Yeah. Well, I mean, since you guys are at it, I'll suck in a cliche as well and just say <laughs> that, you know, of the Sunderland team, there's nobody that you'd rather those chances fall to than Defoe. He's, he's you know, got the best record. He's the best finisher at the at the club. He against Spurs and, and against Bournemouth, he had chances, and as you rightly say, he didn't he didn't take them. Um, but who who else would you rather rather be on the end of mm. of, of those? That is the, what I was thinking, actually. Berini? But, but is Barini a great finisher? I don't know, that's what I'm asking. I'm well, like, do we know? know? I don't know <laughs> that he is. He's not really played through the middle. Never mind that, a lot of his goals were penalties when he played for us last but time. But if you think of some yeah. of the ones, he, he's goal at Wembley and he's goal against West no, Brom, score, where he was but, put through. But he was put... It, it, it's different. It's, Defoe's got a record of scoring mm. goals. Oh, I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing, I'm just playing devil's advocate. That doesn't mean to say really. that someone else can't come through and be better than mm. him now, but what you've got to remember with Defoe is he, he's not like that clinical he, he scores a lot of goals when he's given a lot of chances and you're not going to get that in the Sunderland team he just he just isn't the way it's set up it's, it's, he's not going to get loads of chances he used to score quite a lot of um, goals in in bursts as well he'd score hat-tricks for Spurs and that and and then he wouldn't score for, for quite a while like it can be a bit, bit misleading looking at someone's goals per game record. Look at the pattern, the way they come. Um, he, yeah, he's a goal scorer and, he, and he, he will score, but it's a bit maybe like Papa Cissé at Newcastle. Like he, he did it in a spell and then it stopped. And he's not a lone striker either, and he's struggling for them in that role. And and just I don't know, there's just something not right about it. But mm. I, because we didn't really solve the problem in the summer, and we bought Barini instead. No, I'm not the, sure the what, right what, forward, I don't yeah, know what no. they do. I, I don't know how they solve it. We just I, I think the, you know the, the positive sign from Sunderland's point of view is at the start of the season, everybody expected Sunderland's biggest problem this year would be not scoring enough goals. They have looked threatening. You know, mm. the, even in these last two two games, they've created chances, and uh, and they have got a finisher in Defoe, albeit he didn't do it in those two games. Um, you know, more worrying for me is uh, you know the goals that they conceded, mm. as we've already well, covered. You say the creativity is a co <clears throat> at what cost? You know, other managers have been quite negative. I know the change in personnel is quite significant. They have moved on now. We can't keep saying it's those Bruce signings anymore because most of them have gone. But he has definitely set up in a way that's more, I don't know, like expansive. Mm. But it's certainly exposing them defensively. And yeah, we are looking more threatening. But we're conceding really pathetic goals and far too many of them and maybe does need to take a step back, drop the defence 
five, ten yards deeper and just start again. You know, maybe put a bit of physicality <clears throat> in midfield. They've got, just, I guess as well, they've got pace to get out now in, in Lens. Um, Barini, I guess, is quickish. So they've got... they've well, got Defoe's not slow either, Yeah, they've got he? options to hit if they need to get out if they are deeper. I mean, that's what we were saying on the way. Well, maybe he just needs to put the brake on slightly and just try and, while it's not working, maybe just try and temper it a little bit, redress the balance, and then when they've got a bit of confidence, that's mm. when you can get, they'll just naturally get more expansive and they'll start doing things in games. That you, you I mean, you're right. It's, it's just that you, you're, you're trying to tinker with this balance yeah. during the season, and yeah, uh, that's the problem, and and every game counts. You you don't really have slack time when you can when you can do this. All these things, uh, as Avocar, um acknowledges tomorrow, uh, that um, you know these things should have been sorted out mm. in pre-season. The problem is that the that the new signings weren't in place, you know, at the beginning of pre-season. What, what do we think is going to happen? I mean, I know there's been talk of changes. Do you think? Um, Toivon and Barini will play do you, th- do you think they'll get more minutes it's a chicken and egg question isn't it you think these players are only going to get better if they play more games that's the attitude or, that yeah, or, yeah, yeah. But, um, so I think you're going to see minimal changes tomorrow um, you know, Yedlin we know is going to play O'Shea will have to come in to replace Kabul oh. but <clears> your new <throat> signings your Toivon and Barini Lens and Villa they're all um, slated to play um, well, Yedlin yeah, yeah, may, may, may or may not play um, Manoni instead of Pantalimon, but you know you, you're fiddling around with the goalkeeper. That's not really uh, you know a big issue. Well, in, in what you said there, in, I'm surprised. I thought he might have made a few more changes just from some noises that seem to be going around today. But do you think? I wonder if that that's come back to Yedlin then. I know you're saying like Jones is slated to play. No, no, at, at the uh, weekend. Sorry, at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. but if Yedlin, if it's pretty much a full strength team, and Yedlin comes in and does well, and Sunderland get a positive result, then it, that's that's he's fitting into the thing, first team know, yeah. rather, rather than like the situation. Yeah. For example, <clears throat> Kevin Phillips used to find himself in the England whenever he used to play. It was always like a highly experimental mm-hmm. team, yeah. and the argument was always put him in a team with Beckham and people like that to see how he yeah. does. Yeah. Now I know that's a light years away from this example but that's just what's coming to my head when I'm saying no, it's not at least, yeah well at least Yedlin's coming into a sort of the side you could expect to play the next yeah. game which is what we need to see because we need to see an alternative in that position mm. don't we yeah I think the problem is we need to see alternatives in a few positions well we do but we haven't but he, got them because so, yeah. I'd quite like to see him move Barini into the middle and bring someone else in on the wing and just dropped a four, yeah, just for this game, just what, just Mark? to try something up, and he's not going to play him. He said, "Was he?" It was. It was that on was, them. That was my. Uh, that was that was my thought. I wondered whether you could play uh, what more and Lens as the two mm. wide mid, midfielders and play Barini through the middle, but uh, I don't think that'll that'll happen. No, I think well, it's not going to happen because what more is not going to play. Yeah, so. it was on on Twitter or something. Again, I mean, getting back to the four, it's not the worst idea in the world to play him, and <clears> because we know centre forwards need goals. For confidence, so and he got them against. He... he got them against uh, Exeter. Exactly. Right? Now look at him. I'd be making minimal. <laughs> I'd be making minimal zero changes if I could. I'd probably if he wants to. If he wants to give Gomez more time and put him in there, then fair enough, I guess. I mean, again, I'd, I'd probably rather see a bit more physicality in there against Man City. But um, if he does, then fair enough. I mean, I haven't got a massive problem with him. You know, like he did with the back four, he gave them another chance in the next game because if you start, like, you know, picking loads of changes straight away, it's like you've not the confidence. Is, I mean, the confidence is probably battered anyway from the, from the result, but for the manager then to just drop, start dropping and chopping 
it's like I but know. it's a cup game isn't it so you can get yeah. away with you know tweaking it a bit and I, I don't think Defoe was naturally his first choice for the middle and now well, Johnson's no, become isn't. available again obviously oh, yeah, about, yeah. and I mean like obviously you know aside from everything that's gone on with him it does give you it present mm. you with another option that does give you a chance to put Bovini through the middle and see what he can do yeah. because if he's brought him in to play there it's probably as good a time as any to give him a mm. chance how about, how about for a sense of you know, for sake of argument, how about play uh, Johnson where Toivonen was playing and play Toivonen through the middle? Just I as think, a, I an think Toivonen, Toivonen through the middle is a bit of a just because he it, do it in a different way. He, you know, he's obviously going to mm. hold the ball up rather yeah. than I don't be running like, behind. He doesn't like playing there though, does yeah, he? It doesn't seem so. Yeah, I, I still like, I like the look of his link up. Yeah, I, know, I, know, <laughs> I know that obviously he didn't show it at the weekend, but I still kind of like the idea of where Toivonen. I thought Toivonen. You know, I didn't think Toivonen was. You know, part of the problem really at the weekend, I think, you know, it's a bit harsh to judge him, maybe. Um, uh, you know, <coughs> I thought you he did need, pretty well. Yeah, he did all right. He, you know, he worked hard. I thought he did work hard. Like, I know what you're saying about defensively it's not, it's unsure. It's not about not working yeah, hard, not, it's, I know what you it's mean. just where you do the work. Where you do the work. Yeah. And I don't he's have a not, problem with and him. And if, if, an if another area is malfunctioning, then he's not going to get the benefit. Yeah. So, it, exactly. it, it's, exactly. if everything's got to be working what, for people to. What you have to bear in mind is that in Europe, you, you're in European football. Attacking midfielders don't do exactly, defensive. Yeah. They opt, they opt out. Yeah. So you either coach them that they've got to do it, which is what Avocar's in the process of doing with uh, Toivon and, and Lens, or you just accept that they don't do it, and you have to find another way to cope. And it's which is tough because maybe less so with Lens, um, but with Toivon, he's never really played in a in a, a really good league. At least Lens has played. All right, it was in Ukraine, but he'll have played Champions League football and stuff. So he knows kind of. The pace of higher and like higher tempo football, Toivonen's never really got above that mm. mid rank in sort of French Dutch league. And I, I mean, I have a PSV, I guess, who were decent. True, team, true. Yeah. But I've, I've like watched Dutch football like in the flesh, and what you're saying is bang on. It's like watching a friendly. Like they just stroll about, knocking about freedom in the park, and you're just not going to get that mm. here. But he's with him. He's 29 as well, and it's something we've said about Defoe playing in that left position some weeks he's going to be on it he's going to get chances he's going to look good but there's other weeks where he's played a different way mm. for his whole career and it isn't going to happen I might be being a bit unfair on Toivonen because I don't know a great deal about him but I think it's going to be hard and it's going to take more time than perhaps we've got to turn him into someone who comes back over in which case maybe you're right James we need to look at another wave if he's going to play that far up maybe you've got to bring that extra physicality in the midfield. Maybe that's the answer to uh, yeah. to Gareth's point about why you're playing Gomez and Villa uh, mm. as the two holding midfielders and not just one. Maybe he's thinking, well, if Toivon's not tracking back, then mm. I need two holding midfielders. I think Gomez uh, is an odd choice in that position, though. Yeah, like, yeah I well, agree. Well, I think in an ideal world, you'd play, you'd play Catamol, mm. but Catamol's been so out of form that, that he's had to just, he's had to he's go, a, go for another route. He's not. He's not going <clears> to <throat> fit into the way Avocat's trying to play. I just. What about Rodwell then? What was I, his, like his the performance? He came on a sub, didn't he? So what was that? What was it like? All right. Didn't exactly. Didn't, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I mean, did all right. I didn't see him do anything like ridiculously like notable, notable. Where I thought, oh, he's changed the game. I just think generally as a unit in the second half, they had got up a bit of a head of steam and they looked quite good for that spell when they they got the wrongly disallowed goal. Yeah. Um, I know Rodwell was on the park second half, but I don't know if he was one of the main instigators for the change. I just think they couldn't probably, well, probably couldn't got any worse than they were at times in the first half. I think on Lens, 
you know, again, I'd like to see, I'd just like to see a bit more from him off the ball, and I'd like to see them playing with a bit, you know, I know it's frustrating, and, you know, as a fan, it's the same, it's frustrating to watch, and you get annoyed and irritated, but on the pitch, I'd just like to see them play with a bit more of a smile on the face, and, <laughs> you know, I know it sounds like a daft thing to say, but the very <laughs> negative, like that, like the body language is negative. Confidence, that though. I, I, I don't know. It, it, they don't just look like they look like they'd rather be anywhere else at times. They just look annoyed. Lens is a prime example of that. You know, he's just moaning all the time. You know, Barini's moaning. Sorry, um, Defoe. Defoe's moaning all the time. You've got you've got players like Van Arnold moaning on. You've Doesn't got, look you've much got, of a team at the minute. Yeah, does that, it? that's like, the thing that frustrates us. I think like relax. I think you know what it's like when things are going against you and you're losing games and the pressure's mm. on and everything. You know what it's like if you play yeah. football. You know, five aside on a you know on a on a weeknight, people in your team get frustrated. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Confidence all that comes down. But the, do you mm. subscribe to the theory, James? Obviously, you're not from the northeast originally. That players struggle with this whole concept of playing in the northeast because it's such a a prominent thing, and uh, this could count for Sunderland and Newcastle if you look at the league positions at the moment, <clears> because the problem seems to be the same at both clubs now, where it's almost like you just said, like Gareth's saying there, the body language is so negative, that it's almost like they're afraid to go out and express themselves, it and, it, and it doesn't happen, it doesn't seem to happen outside of our region. I think it does, I think you look at someone like Aston Villa. Mm. Aston, yeah. yeah. Sorry, anyway. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm not a big big believer in, in that, I don't think that's a a big issue. I can understand why people why people talk about it, but in in my opinion, it's that it's not a, a big problem. You know, some of these players have have played for big clubs elsewhere in Europe or sometimes in in this country. You know, and, and I don't see see it being a particularly unique situation. I think that the maybe the fans' passion up here um, is you know seem is very very strong compared to other parts of the country. Um, but whether that really has an effect on on professional players, I'm not so oh, sure. Well, I've, I've never bought into it before, but I've only just started thinking about it because more, the more these sides start to struggle, more and more ex-pros who have played for these sides come out and say it. And then you think there's got to be something in it. Marcus Stewart <laughs> said it a lot about playing for Sunderland, and I can't remember which who was the latest Newcastle player. It might have been Kieran Dyer, was it? Who's come I, out I suppose it? if you think about uh, Marcus Stewart, Marcus, I remember Marcus when he used to play at Huddersfield, and then when he went... To Ipswich, you know, small town clubs mm, in the grand okay, scheme in the grand yeah. scheme of things, and then you come to to Sunderland, who are a big step up from either of those two two clubs. Yeah, it's going to feel different, but whether whether you you know for for the vast majority of players that come up to here, I'm not I'm not convinced. I mean, you know, look at Patrick Van Anholt, you know, mm. played at played at Chelsea. Um, you know, you look at Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. so if Newcastle it's Newcastle yeah. and and, and yeah. like, it shouldn't affect um, it shouldn't affect players. I think that there are issues with you know expectations and 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 things which are born out of the history of the clubs in up here. I think that's certainly true, but I don't think that filters through to the players, in, in my opinion. No, I think I'm, even I'm, more so now than ever, it's less likely to because I think players are in a bubble. Like they're just they're just not. It's there's not really that engagement, is there? Yeah. And I just, I just can't. I think there's something else. Like, but if you want to compare clubs like Sunderland, Newcastle, Villa, yeah, historically big in that, but it's a recruitment and it's the either lack of investment or misplaced investment, and it's still a problem. And like Newcastle, yeah, they might have gone out and spent fifty million quid, but on what? Like people, it's easy to go. Oh, he must be good because he's cost 
15 million quid but you don't don't really know anything mm. about him he's come from some <clears> European <throat> league you can watch a couple of Euro, YouTube videos but let's be honest how many people have been mm. watching for them Mitrovic and Andalek or for us Lent at um, Dinamo Kiev we're only going to learn about them as we see them mm. play they have to adapt because we've got such a poor core of players to begin with it, it's, you know, it's playing catch-up all the time, seen, like from you what said. I've seen, from what I've seen from all the signings um, that Newcastle and Sunderland made actually over the summer, I would say that Lentis probably looks the most, uh, the best and yeah. most suitable out yeah. of the whole batch of, across both clubs. Mm, but, Villa? Oh, yeah, of course, and VA, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. I've, I've, yeah. I've, I guess I've played and talked about funny, who paid. But that, that's what makes all the thing more players who paid money. Yeah, okay, like, yeah. with, you that, know, big money for... I was really, to be fair, I was really impressed with... Vinaldum on the opening day for Newcastle, mm-hmm. but obviously I don't see New, Newcastle. I'm not yeah. at the games, but from what I hear from people yeah. that do, he's not been great since. No. But on the opening day, he, he impressed me. Also on the sorry, I know we've got to wrap it up, but on the subject of uh, fans and whatnot, I thought like at the weekend, uh, you know, the kept singing all the way through and it's a ridiculously long journey. And they're doing the away games. I think, I think, <laughs> they, I, think I think like you know, at the end of that game, there was some lily livered displays from. Uh, some of the Sunderland players, you know, you've got to go over yeah. and acknowledge those fans, and a two or three did, but the vast majority kept the distance. And that's what I'm if saying. If they're going to get out, they're going to get out of this situation that they're in at the moment. And it is a situation after six games. They've, they've got to, they've, they've got to do it together, and they're going to have to go over. And when, when they've put in a stinker like that in the first half, and as we've seen in the first six games, too many terrible performances. They've got to go over. And hold their hands up and, and appreciate the, the support that they're being given in that I game. I didn't notice that, Gareth. But if that's if that's right, then yeah, that's very disappointing. I, I must admit, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't notice it at the time. I had my, had my, I had yeah. my head, head, head stuck in the laptop. Yeah, head in but, your hands uh, on the laptop. <laughs> this is what I mean about it. Reflect that reflects, I think, how little a lot of these players really understand about what it means mm. and why. It, I don't think there is that pressure. Yeah, the big thing is, I, ju- I just yeah. hope. I just hope now, v- very briefly, before before we finish, uh, we've got two tough games: Man City in in the cup, and then Man United at the weekend. I just hope Sunderland don't reach October. Um, you know, yeah. uh, having, without a win in seven games, well, it'll be, and, and be, the, it'll be the because, Newcastle game. We'll both because, be looking for first because, <laughs> because that would mean that you've 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 got to October, and the only team they've beaten is Exeter at home yeah. after a fashion. It's normal. Isn't it? So um, it's very much possible, isn't it? So, yeah, um, tickets are available for the live podcast uh, in aid of uh, Pop Records. Um, all the money will go to them for their refurbishment and whatnot and development of their lovely little community project that they've got going on um, at their new venue um, on Stockton Road. Um, the tickets are available from the Love Supreme website. They cost £4 each. Um, and the guests will be David Priest, Michael Proctor and Martin McFadden, the LS editor. Um, so yeah, come down to that. It'll be good crack. It's at Port of Call on the fourteenth of October, which is a Wednesday night. I was impressed with the speed you got through that there. Textbook. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not textbook for you. No, because normally, like, yeah. I'm I'm thorough, but we we're on we're low on time, and when it comes to see, so I was managed to turn into something else. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All I what I will what what he'll do in any situation, I will deliver. That's right. Like that free right. kick you would have scored. Yeah. Well, well, terms and conditions are out on our website. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Over and out. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.